It's so important for leaders at the top of organizations to keep learning, stay sharp, grow their networks. To help our audience better do this in a more simplified, personalized, and meaningful way, Becker's Healthcare has launched MyBHC. It's your trusted Becker's Healthcare experience and more with content, connections, events, and learning opportunities. Join the community free of charge at www.my.beckershospitalreview.com and we'll see you there. This is Riz Hatton with the Becker's Dental Plus DSO podcast. I'm thrilled today to be joined by Dr. Jason Arbach, founder of Riverside Oral Surgery. Dr. Arbach, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you so much for having me. Could you start off by telling us a bit about your background? Sure. So just to kind of reiterate, my name is Jason Auerbach. I started Riverside Oral Surgery after finishing a full-scope oral maxillofacial surgery residency program at SUNY Downstate Medical Center, uh, Kings County Hospital in Brooklyn. In 2007, Riverside Oral Surgery came to be, and we grew from one location and four team members to currently 10 locations and well over 100 team members. Uh, In the last year or so, we brought on outside investment and founded an oral surgery only um, management organization called Max Surgical Specialty Management, of which I am founder, president, and chief clinical officer. Our goal is to build the preeminent oral maxillofacial surgery surgeon-led platform in the country. We partnered in January with a wonderful practice in central New Jersey called Oral Surgery Group, and uh, we now have 13 locations and are growing uh, really, really quickly, but looking really only to grow with the best and the most accomplished surgeons in the country, starting in the Northeast. I also have a uh, Instagram presence, uh, social media presence. I'm known uh, far and wide as Bloody Tooth Guy. It's basically a continuing education platform online through social media, uh, and uh, it's a it's a really great creative outlet for me as well. Fantastic! Thank you. Thank My you. first question for you is: What are the biggest issues you're following in dental today? I think the biggest issues that I'm looking at in dental today have a lot to do with uh, scaling the patient experience. For me, as I said, I'm very involved in growing my practice footprint and the platform footprint. In the last few years, there's been a ton of consolidation and interest from outside investors in oral surgery. Obviously, oral maxillofacial surgery is my focus. And after being approached by so many different potential opportunities, it became apparent to me that the one thing that was missing was the patient experience-focused, surgeon-led platform. And that's what I'm trying to form right now. So that's, that's basically where my focus is. Thank you. So when you think about the future of dentistry, what are you most excited about and what makes you nervous? I think what makes me nervous is, um, you know, the shifting demographics uh, in in certain locations. I practice in the Northeast. I practice in northern New Jersey with offices throughout New Jersey. And there has been a significant shift in demographics um, in our area with a lot of people 
moving out of the state and a lot of surgeons kind of aging out. So it's, it's a changing environment. There's also, I think, kind of specific to dentistry, maybe not specific to dentistry, but certainly apparent to dentistry, this negative association with uh, corporate dentistry, which is growing. And I think by and large, a lot of the negative association with corporate dentistry is justified as outside investors don't truly understand the the inner workings of the dental practices the way that uh, surgeon or dental owned practices uh, have currently or have been for a long time and so there has to be really kind of a taking back of of uh, of the way that the care is delivered and so for me a, a major concern and a major focus is trying to build something that is scalable but that doesn't diminish the patient experience and doesn't change the 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 ability to to deliver care uh, from in the doctor's hands to in the investor's hands. That that for me is a major major thought process. Interesting and sort of you talked about you know this sort of negative attitude towards corporate dentistry at the moment. Do you see that attitude shifting in the next two to three years? I think so long as the people that are that are building the platforms are focused on the right things, which, like I said, is delivery of great patient care, a wonderful patient experience, autonomy for surgeons or, or dentists, um, I think that that can change. I do think that when I came out, I finished training in 2003, I finished dental school in 1999, uh, there was very little in the way of corporate dentistry, uh, and now it's it's dominant in, in many places in the country, certainly less so in the Northeast, um, as uh, there are certain protections for, for the state boards of dentistry in these states up here, which is good by and large. But I think that it's important for younger dentists and, and really dentists considering partnering with platforms and, and existing platforms to understand that just like anything in this world, there are there are good players and there are bad players. And, you know, a lot of people look at the word or the acronym DSO as being a negative thing. And in some cases it is when you're joining a DSO that's focused only on uh, controlling and, and, and bringing EBITDA together so that they can sell at a later time, you have a very, very different mindset than finding the proper financial partners that understand that, you know, surgeons and dentists have something more to bring rather than just producing dentistry. And so, you know, I, I hope and I believe uh, optimistically that if the right people get into the game and join the right organizations and those organizations flourish, that we can change the paradigm of, of, of the corporate dental world and we can really bring uh, a different mindset to, to what that offers for for older surgeons and younger surgeons alike. Thank you. So what will the most effective healthcare leaders need to be successful in the next two to three years? I think they're, they're gonna need to be, the most, the most effective healthcare leaders need, in any, in any uh, business, I think just need to be excellent communicators, be able to have a vision that differentiates them to be able to articulate that vision within the organization that they're building and to be able to promote that vision to those who they're looking to either bring into the organization or who they're looking to serve. 
referring doctors, patients, the communities at large, and of course the practices that are considering uh, partnering with them. So I think I think like anything, being honest and being open, being transparent, being authentic in the communication is is everything. And then of course being able to provide a differentiated and superior patient experience. Um, you know, when I started my practice back in 2007, healthcare was was uh, delivered in a very specific traditional way. So much has changed. Patients are are much more educated. They're much more sophisticated. Uh, they're much more knowledgeable. They're much more in control of their own health health based decisions. And and respecting and understanding that, and and giving the patients what they want. Uh, using your expertise is is paramount to, I think, success going forward in the healthcare business. Well, Dr. Arbeck, thank you so much for connecting with me today and for your fascinating insights. I look forward to speaking with you again in the future. It's, it's my pleasure. Really, thank you so much for the opportunity. I really enjoyed it. I hope it's helpful for the listeners and uh, look forward to speaking to you again soon.